This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm, from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. I'm Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6th, 2021 committee. I was born, raised, and still live in Bolton, Mississippi, a town with a population of 521, which is midway between Jackson and Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Mississippi River. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th, 2021. This is perhaps one of the darkest days in American political history. Welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. You need to know history to understand what these rat bums are doing. The Stalinist show trials, the Salem witch hunt, combine them and you have the worst of world political history today in America under this stumble bum divider, Joe Biden, who ran as a uniter. 
We've reached a new mass hysteria inflection point. Hatred is in the air. When you look at Anderson Cooper, when you look at the salivating vermin on the left-wing channels, we're living in an age of hate in which the mental pollution spewed by Joe Biden and his gang is worse than air pollution. The most accessible and comprehensive of all unifying agents, hatred is now spreading like a virus into the United States of America because of Joe Biden and his gang of haters. It unifies knee-jerk liberals, no matter what their other differences. Hatred of conservatives, hatred of Trump and his voters is just one of the many cases of mass hatred infecting American society today, but it is likely the most destructive. Here you have a low-life group of bums called Democrats making much ado out of nothing. After all, the people who rioted were wrong, but not all of the people who attended that protest on January 6th were rioters. The majority of them were peaceful protesters. The rioters were arrested. The rioters have been punished. So what is Anderson Cooper and the vermin trying to do? What are they trying to do, these rat stinking things? I wouldn't even call them humans, these leftists. I would call them the lowest form of humanity, not humans. And you know, I have a lot more to say, and I will, right here on the Michael Savage podcast, which is today entitled, The Enemy is in the House. More in a second, as we watch the lowest point in American political history unfold right before our eyes. Donald Trump had his days in court to challenge the results. He was within his rights to seek those judgment. In the United States, law-abiding citizens have those tools for pursuing justice. He lost in the courts, just as he did at the ballot box. And in this country, that's the end of the line. But for Donald Trump, that was only the beginning of what became a sprawling, multi-step conspiracy aimed at overturning the presidential election, aimed at throwing out the votes of millions of Americans, your votes, your voice in our democracy, and replacing the will of the American people with his will to remain in power after his term ended. As predicted, the vermin on the left use a black man, not particularly smart, some Benny Thompson, as the lead stooge of the witch hunt. Not a word about the epidemic of black men attacking Asians, of Antifa burning cities, of BLM gangs looting cities and robbing donors. Let me tell you something else. I've looked into this very carefully in many of my books. Years ago, there was a writer named Eric Hoffa who wrote in his book, The True Believers, mass movements can rise and spread without belief in a God, but never without belief in a devil. He posited that the strength of the mass movement was proportionate to the vividness and tangibility of the devil, of its devil. That was an insight not lost on Adolf Hitler. Hitler once said that if the Jew did not exist, we should have then to invent him. It is essential to have a tangible enemy, not merely an abstract one. Benny Thompson is now a combined element of what I've just said to you. He is a vivid and tangible example of the devil himself. My friends, in this podcast, I will expose the many contemporary and historical cases of the madness of our times. Hatred has now become mainstream, especially on the Cuban news network, MSNBC. But the news czar of CNN is about the worst of all of them. The sanctimoniousness of the hearing is a new low in American history. I pray that the Biden-Pelosi gang, using these hearings to demonize Donald Trump, to cover up their massive failures with this witch hunt, are eventually brought themselves to trial for what they have done to this nation. I'll leave it at that. Mr. Chairman, at 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. These are the things and events that happen, he said, 
when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. People are angry. They're frustrated. And I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. Welcome to the Michael Savage podcast. Today's show is entitled The Enemy is In, based upon my book, The Enemy Within, from over 20 years ago. Now, I'm not here to blow my own horn. I'm here to show you two things. One, no matter how hard I and we have worked, no matter what Donald Trump tried to do for those few years, the radical left is more insane than ever before. Now, hold on, though, before you hang up and don't listen anymore. Some good news. Just today, the city of San Francisco, the most insane leftist city in America, maybe the world, threw out the left-wing, radical, son-of-terrorists, Chesa Boudin, thrown him out in a majority of voters. Democrats turned on Democrats to get rid of this psychopath. The DA was thrown out in a referendum, meaning a recall vote. Now, what's interesting here is that the Chinese community was the most vehement in voting to recall this Chesa Boudin, son-of-terrorists, and they got rid of him. That's the good news. The bad news is the mayor is a left-wing fanatic who never should have been mayor. She's also a reckless, useless left-wing plant. No one even knows where she came from. So she now gets to appoint the new district attorney. Who do you think she's going to appoint? Someone probably exactly the same as him, only will be a person of color, probably a transgender, who will be a sacred cow and no one will even be able to say a word about it. That's my fear. So I ask you, What hope is there when the enemy is in and everywhere? Where are they? They're everywhere. If you analyze both sides of the equation, left and right, you'll have to agree with me that the right wing supports God, country, family, the military, and has far higher moral standards than the left. No question about it. The left operates specifically to undermine God, country, family, and the military, and of course, attack the children brainwash the children and they use the courts to undermine the popular will what they cannot gain through the ballot box they gain through the gavel if you look at recent decisions in the courts other than all the way up to the supreme court you will see the vast left-wing conspiracy at its worst legitimizing the use of race as opposed to achievement destabilizing family values Left-wing operatives have come very far in their plans with a much help. I was going to say a little help from their friends with a lot of help from George Soros and others of his low-class ilk. It's very clear to me, Michael Savage, if God could vote, he would be a member of the vast right-wing conspiracy, which is why they will now attack God himself. I've told you that. In fact, to the mad dog leftists in the ACLU, the National Lawyers Guild, and the Democratic Party, not to mention the media, God himself is the enemy. And so I have to tell you that the extreme left for all these years has attempted to redefine family and patriotism among other clearly evident concepts. They've redefined marriage to conform to their own perverse worldview and to redefine patriotism to mean stabbing our troops in the back, attacking our police while they're trying to stop the fires in the cities. 
What I'm trying to do in this podcast is alert you to the meaning of the most basic concepts of family, nation, and morality by pointing out how internal enemies are in fact undermining our religion, schools, courts, military, media, and police. I hope to continue to act as Paul Revere did in his time. If I were given to comedy in this serious battle for the future of America, I might say my midnight call would be the liberals are coming, the radicals are coming, the progressives are coming. Unfortunately, they're here already, and these times do not lend themselves to comedy. Moreover, as I said, the liberals aren't coming. They're everywhere. The damage they're doing and have done is very difficult to calculate. The precise connection between extreme left-wing pressure groups and outright criminal activity is very difficult to separate, but I assume that it does exist. Why do I say this? Did you hear what I just said? The connection between extreme left-wing pressure groups and outright criminal activity is difficult to determine. I believe criminals are behind a lot of their activities. I believe criminals are behind these left-wing DAs. Why else would they put in DAs who do not arrest fentanyl dealers in San Francisco? Now, hold on. Many of you are under the impression that civil libertarians are sincere in their desire to protect our liberties from an oppressive government. Well, at least that's the message they have sold you for decades. If that were the case, how would you explain what's going on in this country? The U.S. Justice Department is using the USA Patriot Act not only to fight terrorists, but also to attack anyone who doesn't support Joe Biden. They should be attacking child pornographers, drug traffickers, blackmailers, spies, money launderers, and even corrupt foreign leaders, right? But the answer is that the red diaper doba babies in groups such as the People for the American Way and other groups like them, like the ACLU, have been attacking America, especially the police and military. And they even said the following, quote, what the Justice Department has really done is to get things put into the law that have been on prosecutors' wish lists for years. They've used terrorism as a guise to expand law enforcement powers in areas totally unrelated to terrorism. And now, of course, they're attacking those from the January 6th period, that day of infamy, by the way, to attack Americans, some of whom did nothing but show up to protest the vote, by the way. That's all they did. I want to go back in time and tell you about a near-death experience that taught me one of the most important lessons of my life. I was 17 years old. That's right. I was 17 years old and working as a busboy in the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York, you know, the Borscht Belt. One afternoon, my friend Harry suggested we take a break and drive around the narrow mountain roads for an hour or so to relax before serving the hotel guests another of their seven meals a day. His car his idea. Well, off we went. At one point, Harry started speeding like kids will do down a steep two-lane stretch of mountain blacktop. On our right, the jagged rocks of the mountain that were blown out by dynamite to create the road. And they threatened to puncture the car like a giant can opener. On the left, just to the other side of the oncoming traffic was a cliff falling down about 100 feet into a dark, cold river. I started to yell at him. I'll never forget it. I said, Harry, you're going too fast. And that's what I looked in his eyes. I can still see them all these years later. He was crazy. He went completely insane. His hands gripped the wheel so hard his knuckles were white. Me, I'm thinking maybe Harry's never been down this road before. Maybe he's clueless about joyriding on the edge of a mountain. Could be he was drunk or a suicidal maniac. Whatever the reason for his maniacal behavior, I figured we were both dead. I shouted again, slow down, idiot. In that moment, looking at his glazed over dilated eyes, he looked like a deranged psycho. This half-wit wouldn't even hit the brakes. He sped down the hill while I'm screaming, stop the goddamn car. The idiot lost control. Have you ever been in an out-of-control car, even for a few seconds, on the ice? It's a terrifying experience. Back then, unlike today, cars didn't have airbags. Only a few models had seatbelts. We had neither. We were crash test dummies without a prayer. No matter what Harry did with the wheel, when that car was careening, it was too late. We careened out of control.
Like a pinball, we first slammed into the side of the mountain. A split second later, we shot across the road and flipped over. That's when my head smacked the dashboard with a boom. It's a miracle we didn't go off the cliff and I'm still alive. Now, there's a lesson about the future of America in that story. America is that car. Whoever is in the driver's seat determines whether we as a nation will crash and burn or survive and hand the keys to the next generation. You better read that again. It all boils down to the heart and soul of the driver. Does the driver respect the laws of the land or does he take the law into his own hands to do as he pleases? Will the driver exercise some modicum of common sense or will he disregard the warning signs that clearly show desperate corrective measures are needed? Will he preserve what was passed down to him or will he selfishly squander what he inherited? Today, Joe Biden and the fanatics have seized the wheel of that car. They're speeding down the pathway of good intentions. Their mantra, celebrate perversity, embrace ultra tolerance, pay rape nations, so-called reparations, support affirmative action, support affirmative racism, provide government subsidies for every illegal who sneaks across the border and bring in millions of them, as many as you can, and do so through the judges if they can't win at the ballot box. In their haste to push failed socialist ideals, these psycho libs have placed us on a crash course of total destruction. But some people can't see that, can they? They're sitting in the back seat with headphones on or watching TV, or they're hooked on the, the internet. I say it's time to sit up, wake up, and take notice. While there's still time to apply the brakes, America is headed for a fatal social crash. Am I overstating the danger here? No, I don't think so. Not at all. The homeless are the sacred cows of the streets. The sexual deviants are the teacher's pets. The lawyers twist the system in favor of the criminals they represent. The churches have been silenced while the courts legislate immorality. And patriots and police are censored while dung slingers are subsidized. Hmm, you get it? These diehard irreligious leftists are also the driving force in re-education. The professors at the institutes of lower living shove failed Marxist ideology down our children's throats. Students are required to open up and just say, ah, if that is they want a passing grade. And if the extremist National Education Association had its way, children as young as first grade will undergo Sensitivity indoctrination, meaning taught that boys are girls and girls can be boys. I can't speak for you, but I'm not going to sit here and watch television while the leftists drive America over the cliff. I've already been down that road. What's beyond me is how anyone can sit by while America is being destroyed. My love for America and my fears for my children and my future grandchildren compel me to speak out. And that's what I'm doing today. You see, the enemy is in because the enemy within has been an octopus. In its mind is liberalism and its eight tentacles are strangling the government, the church, the courts, the schools, the media, military, the police and healthcare. You might say this podcast is a call to awaken. It's time we break the death grip that liberalism has on these institutions of American life. Liberalism is a mental disorder. It's a destructive contagion more deadly than any force this country has ever faced. As you will find later in this podcast, it is also a canker sore that seeks to silence anyone who dares to speak the truth. It is an illness that would have us dismantle our borders, language, and culture. Did you get that? Modern distorted liberalism is the enemy in. I'm Michael Savage. Pay close attention to what I'm telling you. Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. Okay, Michael Savage back. We uh, continue now with our analysis of the enemy is in. Now, why am I talking about that? Because I received an email fundraiser from Ron DeSantis 
who I admire and support, but I'm really ashamed to tell you, actually ashamed for him and his team, that I received this morning an email from a very prominent individual in the media who said, did you know they ripped you off again? I said, who? He said, the DeSantis team. The enemy is within. I said, well, they're not the first ones. Uh, David Horowitz, who I liked as well, stole the title for a book this year. And I have to read you the fundraiser, and then I'm going to go back to my book, The Enemy Within, which was published Oh, a while ago, I think in 2002, and you may not understand the 2003 The Enemy Within by Michael Savage, Saving America from the Liberal Assault on Our Schools, Faith, and Military. I'll get to that in a while. But first, the Ron DeSantis mailer, he owes me a thank you at very least, but I don't need it, frankly. I'm not expecting anything from a politician. Listen to what the team that put this together for him wrote. So I have a prominent member of the media sends me this this morning, and I said, okay, what else is new? And the email, the fundraiser says, friend, our country is currently facing a great threat. A new enemy has emerged from the shadows that seeks to destroy and intimidate their way to a transformed state and country that you and I would hardly recognize. The enemy is the radical vigilante woke mob that will steamroll anything and anyone in their way. Their blatant attacks on the American way of life are clear and intensifying, stifling dissent, public shaming, rampant violence, and a perverted version of history. Well, it's all true, by the way. The email fundraiser goes on, a group that will literally tear down monuments and buildings, but perhaps in an even more sinister way, tear down the American spirit itself. They go after the family unit, parental rights, traditional moral values, the church, and fact-based education. Gee, it sounds like my book. Over the past few years, we've watched horrified as this group has attempted to brainwash our children into thinking we live in an evil, racist, irredeemable country. We listen to them deny science and data to exert political theater, all the while trampling over personal liberties enshrined in the Constitution, they write. We saw them take to the streets for an entire summer like outlaws, burning, looting, and destroying everything in sight while being told they were mostly peaceful and passionate. Mm -hmm. We watched big tech moguls in Silicon Valley be the arbiters of truth, deciding who gets to speak and who gets silenced through the digital public square. We listened to the legacy media muffle legitimately verifiable news stories that didn't align with their preferred narrative only to watch the truth trickle out months later at a more politically expedient time. This is all in the DeSantis fundraiser. I'll continue. It's almost finished. This enemy has taken over media, educational institutions, corporate boards, professional sports, foundations, and professional institutions. They have left no corner of our lives untouched, but all hope is not lost. We, the people, still have a say. We must fight to defeat these false pretenses and predetermined narratives. I'm choosing to counter this enemy with faith, with reason, and with freedom. It's interesting. That's a subtitle of another one of my books, which is God, Faith, and Reason. Very interesting. So he writes, as governor of the free state of Florida, I have chosen to lead with a vision that builds America up rather than tears it down. Together, we can ensure that our children are raised to know they live in the greatest state in the nation, the greatest country in the world, and that they have an opportunity to continue making them even greater. If you've been waiting for the right time to get off the sidelines and fight for the rights you know were given to man by God himself, the time is now. If you're with me, friend, chip in any amount to help me, blah, blah, blah. He's 100% right. It's very well written. It's copied from several of my books and from other places, and I agree with every word of it. But it wouldn't be bad if they said kudos to Michael Savage for being the pioneer in this messaging, but they didn't. In that regard, I don't expect anything much from politicians. I never have and I never will. And in a moment, I will turn to my great book, The Enemy Within, published in 2003. And uh, I think you'll find things from that book that may be of interest to you. So let me read from the jacket at this time of The Enemy Within. I pray to God that we will one day return America to our glorious roots of freedom, faith, and family. Yes, this book is about the America that once was and the America that could be again. If you have the will to stand and fight against the enemy within, and then the publisher writes on the jacket, Savage's powerful unmatched mix of razor-sharp wit and explosive socio-political commentary has made him into a cultural phenomenon, becoming not only one of America's most popular radio talk show hosts, but also a best-selling author. And in this, his follow-up to the Savage Nation, Savage takes up where he left off, 
beating back the tentacles of today's ever-expanding liberalism, which even now threatens to creep in, corrupt, and ultimately destroy our most cherished institutions. The words ring very true today. So they go on on the, on the book jacket. In The Enemy Within, you'll find out why Savage says our schools are teaching perversion, not patriotism. Oh, check that. Our courts are ruled by red diaper dopa babies. Check that. Unborn babies are slaughtered and their body parts sold. Check that. Illegal aliens are being courted by politicians. Check that. The liberal media undermines both police and military. Check that. The public display of the Ten Commandments is a defining moment in history. Check that. He may be brash, he may be brazen, but he's absolutely right on target. So open up for another dose of the savage truth. And then we turn to the back copy and see if there's anything in there that's worth your hearing on this podcast. And there is. America's bravest, brashest voice is back as ferocious and cutting as ever. Savage says, where has six decades of radical mad dog liberalism brought us? Savage asks in this electrifying new book. I'll tell you where America's teetering on the cliffs of insanity. Written with the fire, the conviction, and the clear vision of a modern-day prophet, Savage returns with a vengeance in this lightning rod of a book, speaking for all Americans who are fed up and ticked off at the corrosive influence of today's psycho-liberals, the Democrats, as he calls them. They're speeding down the pathway of good intentions. Their mantra, celebrate perversity, embrace ultra-tolerance, pay rape nations so-called reparations, support affirmative racism, and provide government subsidies for every illegal who sneaks across the border. In their haste to push failed socialist ideals, the libs have placed us on a crash course of total destruction, unquote. That's from this book. I'll finish up now. And then they finish up with this on the book jacket. Even while the heated controversy of his New York Times bestseller, The Savage Nation, still simmers, Michael Savage raises his weapons of, mach- of matchless wit and moxie again, this time aiming his sights on the liberal assault on our most cherished institutions and taking a stand for our schools, our faith, our police and armed forces, and most important, our families. It isn't always pretty. You might even at times become uncomfortable. But as you read on, you'll find these pages always contain the savage truth. That is how to fight the enemy within. Filled with riotous rage and blistering humor, this book inspires as it inflames, encouraging Americans to reclaim our country, our government, our national integrity. And that's on the book jacket of my best-selling book, The Enemy Within, as, let us say, boiled down in the Ron DeSantis email raising money called The Enemy Is Within. Thank you, Governor DeSantis. I admire you and will vote for you. I'm Michael Savage, back with more in a moment. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. All right. Well, we continue here on the Michael Savage podcast with a new title entitled Dead Ideas Are Like Dead Man's Pants. And what do I mean by that? You'll soon see as this goes on. uh, We saw that last night our senile president tripped going up the stairs of Air Force One. It's nothing to be laughed at. The man is incompetent. He's stumbling. He's not only stumbling on the steps, he's stumbling with everything that's going on in this country from open borders, you name it. But he goes on a show with uh, Jonas Schimmel, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, a left-wing pimp. I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you got to send them to jail, uh, you know. <laughs> there's that little box in there. The president is with us. Joseph Biden will be right back. A low class, failed, stinking comedian is now a government spokesman, as you would have seen in Cuba or the ex-Soviet Union. That's where they had people, pimps like Jimmy Kimmel. I don't have any other word for it. He's nothing but a low class pimp. That's why he makes eight to ten million dollars a year, maybe 20 million a year because it pays very well to be part of the government media complex and not very well to go against the grain. Now, I don't want my children's children to inherit a broken nation. I don't want my grandchildren to inherit a land whose people fled tyranny only to bring tyranny here 
everything so many backward migrants run from, they bring with them. You think those fentanyl dealers coming over the border and their front women and children don't bring their hatred, their bigotry, their small-mindedness, their religious extremism, and their murderous tendencies? No, you'd be crazy if you didn't think that that's what they're bringing in here. They're flooding America with as millions of them as fast as they can. America was not built on the values that are being imported into this country. She was built on the backs of immigrants who knew how to work, not how to work the system. On immigrants who learned the language, not corrupted it. They didn't speak their native language and say drop dead to English. They all embraced the hard work ethic. There was no welfare state. It was a love for God that they brought with them. A desire to build, not tear down. Why do we have so many destructive, useless, unproductive, illegal aliens today? Because nobody is screening them. The dregs of humanity are being brought into America. And don't lie to me and tell me there's an Einstein amongst them. I will repeat to you again, most of the illegal aliens that Biden is dropping all over America are illiterate in Spanish, let alone English. Their own countries don't want them. They're of no value to them. It's no longer give us your tired and your poor. On the Biden, it's give us your loafers, your freeloaders, and your drug dealers. You may say I suffer from xenophobia. Not in the least. I'm the son of an immigrant. But there's a right way and a wrong way to handle immigration. What happened to the days when people coming to the sacred soil pledged to make America first? What happened to working toward a common good? not a common bad or a common handout. Unless those of you listening to my voice grab the wheel and put a stop to this twisted joyride of Joe Biden, your grandchildren will not inherit the paradise you inherited. A paradise, I might add, that was secured by the blood of Eddie. Eddie, in case you forgot, is a soldier who is lying in a shallow grave buried all over Europe. He's the one who paid for your freedom. What are you going to do with the legacy handed to you by Eddie, who bled to death on Omaha Beach, or was shot down over the skies of Europe, who died all across the chain of islands in the South Pacific, who risked his life and lost it? Would you preserve it, cherish it, and pass it on to your children's children? Or would you, in good left-wing fashion, snub your nose at Eddie's sacrifice because he wasn't culturally diverse? I'm going to ask you, why did honorable men and women like Eddie serving in our military sacrifice their lives for this country? So you could suck white powder up your nose? So you could molest the Boy Scouts? So you could watch pornography 24-7 on your iPhone? So you could tax the tax on my last dollar to pay for some illegal alien or for some socialist government program? That's the position of the red diaper doper babies under Biden. So where have seven or eight decades of radical mad dog liberalism brought us? I'll tell you where. America is teetering on the cliffs of insanity. Lady Liberty is about to have a mental breakdown if it gets any worse. And the leftists will be the ones with the padlock and the straitjacket. You need proof? Just look around you and you'll see what's going on. And you'll see what rotten fruit liberalism has produced. Whether it's in the city, at a state level, or a federal level. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Now they want reparations for blacks who never suffered from slavery. There's a lot more. You notice the founding fathers are out, the framers are in. The rad femmes say this new generic label in textbooks called framers will be less sexist and more tolerant. Oh, there's so much going on. We have to be more vigilant than ever. We must remain alert and aware of the people and institutions that encroach on the values we hold dear as Americans. I'm not just speaking of the terrorists in dirty nightshirts who are coming over the border disguised as Mexicans. No, we must fight for our freedom on many fronts, including on our own soil, within our own government, within our educational system, within our courts, and especially within the media. I don't mean fight with guns. I mean the cultural mental fight. Whether you know it or not, the enemy is in, and a lot of them are here. They hate our freedoms. Some of them are representatives. Some of them are lawyers. Some of them are state senators. Some of them are mayors. Some of them are just plain psychotic street thugs. Many of them are in the media. 99% of them are in the media. They're all homegrown haters of America. You know, growing up in the Bronx as I did, 
I was the man-child in the promised land. I didn't have many of the luxuries most kids with their hat on backwards take for granted today. My father was a first-generation immigrant. He worked his fingers to the bone. We simply didn't have the money to afford more than the basics. So as you might expect, I cherished and took care of the things I had. As a kid, I'd line up my shoes under my bed at night, neat like in the military. I made sure they were polished too. I'm sure some shrink today would say I suffered from ADD or some obsessive compulsive disorder and I should have been put on an immediate regimen of medication. I wonder what a shrink would say about the fact that through most of my youth, I wore secondhand pants from dead men. You got it right. I'm absolutely serious. Many of the pants I wore as a preteen came off of stiffs and were cut down to fit me. Don't get me wrong. My father was a good man. He ran a small antique store with mostly 19th century stuff. On the side, at least in the beginning, he sold used goods as well. Man's got to do what a man's got to do to make ends meet, right? Occasionally, we'd go to an auction where a man had died and buy the entire estate. The dishes, the mirrors, the clocks, whatever the man had, the pants, the shirts, the whole deal. You got the picture. He'd buy it from the widow. He'd take the stuff back to the store. And as he sorted the stuff for resale, my father would take a closer look at the suits. Once he got a heart shafter and mark suit from a dead man. Now, what's he going to do? Toss it in the garbage like they do today? In those days, it wasn't in him to throw out a good worsted fabric. Instead, he brought home the pants to me. I remember my father showing them to me like the head tailor at Nordstrom's department store. He'd say, now, Michael, get a good look at the fabric. I wanted to vomit. I got a migraine because I knew what was coming. Take a look at the quality of this fabric. He's working me like a salesman. He's unrolling the pants in the bed. I can see it to this day. He unrolls them like he's selling me a bolt of handwoven cloth. He would say, you can't get fabric like this just anywhere. I wanted to say, of course not, Dad. They only sell stuff like that for men who died. You know, it was like special clothing for the undertaker. Even if I had said something, that wouldn't have changed anything. He'd go downtown, and the pants would come back fit for me, you know, without the legs taken improperly. They ended up baggy, like a pair of Charlie Chaplin's pants. Even if they had fit me properly, there was something repugnant about the whole idea. So here's the connection. Today, almost daily, the leftists from both political parties come into our homes peddling some new entitlement programs or some new right or a new educational initiative or a new welfare program. As they roll out their new one-world socialist ideals that went out of fashion decades ago, we feel nauseated. Why? These posers are offering us nothing more than dead man's pants. Ideas history has demonstrated does not work. Un-American ideas, socially dangerous ideas, ideas that should have been buried long ago, thrown in the garbage, or in fact they were. So the next time a liberal Democrat proposes an expansion of government-funded health insurance for all illegal aliens, think dead man's pants. The next time Biden blasts a tax cut as a means to boost the economy while proposing to provide illegal aliens every benefit under the sun, think dead man's pants. If one of the reverends like Jackson or Sharpton spouts off about reparations, think dead man's pants. When the National Education Association pushes school-based support groups for gay and lesbian or LGBTQ students, think dead man's pants. When Congresswoman Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi advocates providing government-funded health care coverage and every benefit under the sun for every child in America, think dead man's pants. You see, every one of these ideas may sound good on the surface until you consider their roots. Let me put it to you this way. These concepts are based on the notion that it's the government's job to provide a chicken in every pot, a pot and a bed in every house, and the key to a house in every pocket. What does that sound like? How well do you know history? This is nothing short of socialism. The Dems are creating a state wherein the sheeple, the ignorant incompetence, are dependent on the government. Their view of utopia is the creation of a Nancy Pelosi state. That's precisely what communism is about. Getting rich at the top and soaking the middle class until it disappears. Here's how it works. Let's say these libs are dangling the dead man's pants in front of your face. You know what they really are, but you figure, eh, take them away, nothing at all. You figure you have no other options. After all, nobody else is presenting you with a better option. 
The Republicans have become silent. So you talk yourself into believing the dead man's pants can't be all that bad. And that's when they've got you. Once you empower the left-wing government to provide these so-called initiatives, a power you won't find granted to them in our Constitution, then they can start to regulate what you must do with your dead man's pants. For instance, a private Christian college whose student body is funded in part by government loans might now suddenly be required to hire a multi-culty dancing transsexual to teach their Bible classes or face defunding along with a lawsuit. Or a private Catholic school that enjoys a tax-exempt status might be required by Nancy's government to teach students talking about touching or trans rights in sex ed or tell them that the prostitution that used to be outlawed in America is something good for children. Are you beginning to get the big picture? Give the government an inch and they'll take you to the cleaners. You ready? I can go on and there's more to this story when I come back on the Michael Savage podcast. Don't you dare go away. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. You know, there's another part to this story of my dead man's pants that I just told you. Let's spin the clock forward in my life. I'm in junior high now. By the seventh grade, my mother took pity on me. So she spends the money and buys me some expensive peg pants. I'll never forget how beautiful they were. It was Elvis Presley time. You know, with the saddle stitching and all of that. I was now the style setter of my class with these gorgeous pants. One day at school, this big punk, a few grades ahead of me, spots me wearing my new pants. He's maybe 17. I'm all of 13. He works his way, actually I was 12 or 13, he works his way towards me in the hall and starts to get in my face. Why? He didn't like my pants because he had a pair of peg pants just like them. Before I know it, this bully starts to smack me around a little. With a shove to my chest, this mean SOB knocks me down and takes off. When I get up, my pant knee is ripped. I'm feeling sick. The rest of the afternoon, my heart is pounding all through my classes. I couldn't concentrate. I had no idea what the teacher was saying. All I was thinking was, my mother's going to kill me. I ripped those pants. So the pants are ripped, and I can't focus on math or world history. I'm too preoccupied wondering how am I going to tell mother. I walk home in the ice cold, and all I can think about is the rip in the pants and the shreds over my knee. I get home and break the news to my mother. She was really very nice about the whole thing. She takes them to a tailor, and the word comes back two days later that he can weave the pants Weave, I asked? What does weave the pants mean? It was a huge family discussion. Of course, not in front of my father. The women, it was like a conspiracy. The women then always sat with the bread knives over the plastic table cover, moving the breadcrumbs around as they talked, sorting them. I loved those days. She explained how the tailor would weave the pants, weave the threads of the fabric into almost as good as new shape. I felt like a, like a life sentence had been lifted from my heart. I rejoiced inside that I hadn't ruined this great present given to me. By the time the crumbs were sifted, the pants were more or less consigned to where they belonged to begin with. See, unfortunately, if you rip your pants today as a kid, you'll probably come home to an empty house, thanks to the feminist who devalued the high calling of motherhood. Instead of coming home to a mother who'll hug and greet you and serve you something to eat while you pour out your heart, your best friend is now an iPhone. How can I help you? Or some internet stranger in a chat room halfway around the world. Or some pervert in the next town posing as a friend. What kind of life are we offering kids today? When a child is hurting, an iPhone never bakes her cookies. And it sure doesn't listen to or care about the child's problems. I guess I was lucky. I had a mom who was there for me. So my heart was healed and we all went on with our lives. Now, I really don't care if you think I'm being sentimental. Those were the good old days when women had time to drink a cup of coffee together and sift the breadcrumbs on the tabletop. What's wrong with that? Wouldn't we all be better off with that kind of support? Here's the tie into modern liberalism and the enemy within. When I said there does not appear to be many options on the table of politics besides the liberal dead man's pants, there are a number of reasons for this, but one primary reason. Let's say you have a new conservative idea for improving education. 
like providing vouchers so all students can pick a school where real education takes place or something like that. The moment you put that idea into action of how to save America, a left-wing bully comes along and knocks it down, right? Perhaps you have a faith-based skill-equipping outreach to the homeless bums on the street. The second this bully learns you've figured out how to solve the homeless problem to put them to work or give them blankets and bottled water if they go to work, he screams, separation of church and state! and slaps you with a restraining order to close the thing down. Or let's say you want to raise the American flag on the front lawn of the local library and tie a ribbon around the old oak tree in honor of the troops. The same bully who tears the crosses off of our war memorials shows up and drags you into court to remove those, quote, divisive symbols of patriotism. Well, who is this bully? The red diaper dopa babies of the American Uncivil Liberties Union and every rotten, stinking left-wing lawyer in America, that's who. They start by intimidating you with lawsuits. They smack you around with their bogus lawsuits. They wrap themselves in the Constitution and shut you down like a criminal. We're losing control of this country. I can't stand the way these self-righteous ambulance chasers are raping America with their neo-socialist worldview. You might be wondering, how do we get this way? How did this happen? It seems everywhere we turn, some radical leftist is dictating and selling us dead man's pants or suing us if we don't put them on. I thought America was a superpower. The answer is, my friends, the answer is in the wind. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.